This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. ER Vet is brought to you by Carnivora. Get healthy and stay healthy with nature's nutritional powerhouse. to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm a board-certified emergency critical care veterinary specialist and toxicologist. Thanks for joining us today. Today, we're going to be talking with Reagan Pasternak about her book, Griffin's Heart. We'll be right back after these messages. Hi, this is Deborah Lau, president of Carnivore Research International. Did you know that people have used Carnivore for their pets successfully for a wide range of immune challenges for many decades? Here are Carnivore clients sharing their pet's testimonial. Our little dog developed this lymph problem. We took him in for surgery last year. We noticed a lump on his chest that was a lymph node that was swelled up. So the doctor checked it out and had it analyzed and everything. And uh, But the chemotherapy lasted for six months. He started developing more uh, lymph nodes that were swelled up. So I thought I'd just try carnivore. We started that and uh, he really responded. The lymph nodes started to go down, swelling dead. Then I took him into the vet to have him checked out and there was no sign of any disease at all inside in the internal organs at all. Call 866-836-8735. That's 866-836-8735. Or visit carnivore.com. That's C-A-R-N-I-V-O-R-A.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. So excited to be speaking with film and television actress Reagan Pasternak. Reagan, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you reaching out for a little bit of background just so our audience knows who you are. You're a Canadian born actress, singer, and writer. You've been on HBO's Sharp Objects, Being Erica. Can you give us a little bit of background about who you are, what you do, and I should say, why you love rescuing animals? <laughs> I'd love to. So yes, I am a Canadian who lives in Los Angeles now. I've been living here for about 10 years. And yeah, I've, I've had a wonderful career that I absolutely love. I've also always been an animal lover. And so I, 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 I'm hesitant to say I'm a writer. I'm a writer of one book about mourning and grieving animals. And that book kind of just lived inside of me for a bunch of years. So that is the book that I wrote. But besides that, I'm just all actress. I'm all actress. <laughs> hey, you know, I know how hard it is to write a book. It requires so much work. And when you think about all the books that are, you know, online or people are selling them, you are an author. Like the fact that you came <laughs> out with the book is amazing because it is so much work. Thank I can you. definitely attest to that. So can you give us a little bit of background about what this book is about? And can you tell us a little bit about your dog, Griffin? Yes. So about 10 years ago, actually, Griffin is a cat. He was a cat. And uh, he was a Devon Rex 
sweet little cat. And he died about 10 years ago now. And when he died, I was completely heartbroken, completely just torn up. And I felt very shy about talking about it with people. I felt, I felt like it was, uh, they call it disenfranchised grief. And I talk about that in the book as well, where it's a grief that not everybody really recognizes as valid. And so the pain of it kind of lived in me and manifested in different ways. I talk about that too. I had trouble sleeping and, you know, I was just not recognizing it. So I decided to, at some point I thought, you know, I'm going to start writing down what it means to mourn an animal and all the different aspects to that. And I started writing it down 10 years ago, you know, and, you know, life gets in the way, you know, working on shows and, but I couldn't kind of shake this feeling that I needed to write this book. And so I collected information and really dove into the idea of mourning an animal and what that really means and what it what it means to mourn anybody, whether it's a person or an animal, just somebody you loved. And I just kept writing and kept writing and putting it down. And then about two years ago, my husband came out of our bedroom and I was sitting in the living room and he's like, you need to finish the book. He said, you need to finish that book. That book is so true to who you are. And I just decided to commit. And for almost two years, I mean, just under two years, I really just buckled down and set aside time where I would not get interrupted every day. And I was determined to finish it. And I am so glad to say that I finally did. (laughs) Yes. Huge congratulations. So when you wrote the book, do you mind just giving us a synopsis of your book? I think it's such an important topic. And you're right, it's not a topic that a lot of people like to discuss the decision of the topic of losing a pet. A lot of people, especially people who haven't had pets before, don't get it. I remember in a previous job, I actually asked for FMLA to spend time with my dog who was dying of brain cancer. And my boss just sort of laughed at me. He's like, uh, no. And I was like, but my pet is my family member. Um, so, so important that you wrote this. And I feel like all dog and cat owners are going to have such important takeaways from this because eventually we're going to lose our pets. And do you mind just telling us a little bit more in terms of the synopsis of your book? Oh, well, first of all, what you just said just totally broke my heart. I literally have tears in my eyes now. I know exactly that feeling. There's actually a chapter that is called Some People Just Don't Get It. And it is the truth. You know, you're going to have wonderful people who do. But grief in general is just such an uncomfortable topic. But what I have realized in writing is that it doesn't have to be uncomfortable. I mean, you know, or we don't have to run away just because it's uncomfortable. And the synopsis of my book is... It definitely is part memoir, and I discuss my own anecdotes and my own, you know, journey. But it really, when I wrote the book, every day I just thought of what did I really want this to be, and what I wanted it to be was very interactive with the reader, with the person mourning their animal. I wanted it to almost feel like you had this friend in these pages, and I wanted it to be, you know, my story and then your story, and my story, then your story. There's pages to journal, and there are healing activities, and there are, some are quirky, and some are based on cognitive behavioral therapies, which are just ways to rethink about the sad part of grief and maybe rewire that a little bit to remember the reason why we're sad. And the reason why we're sad is because that being 
has brought us so much joy, right? We loved them so much. That's why we're grieving in the first place. And once you start remembering that, it makes the pain dissipate. And they are family members. And we do need to take it seriously because otherwise grief just lives inside of you. And so the book is memoir. It is interactive. And we've made it so that it's honestly, it's just come out so beautifully. The the paper that it's on is so beautiful and, and environmentally friendly. And it's hardcover. It goes in a slipcase. There's pages for you to put photos of your animal. And there's a pocket in the back. There are exercises where you're remembering remembering aspects of your I call them beings throughout the book. So you end up being able to finish this book and have a keepsake, have a tribute, which really, in my opinion, does lead to healthy closure (laughs) and honestly makes you feel good about celebrating your animal. That's kind of what I would say the synopsis of the book is. (laughs) And I honestly will say, I love even just the first page. Who do you dedicate this book to where you write your pet's name in there? I know for me, I've been a veterinarian for over 20 years. I've done the talk of quality of life and when you should consider humane euthanasia. But I struggled so much when I euthanized or I was making the decision to euthanize my rescue pit bull, JP, from his brain tumor. And... I love the chapter where you talk about some people just don't get it. They don't. Even my partner at that time, he was like, how much time do you have to get to make the $13,000 that you spent on stereotactic radiation therapy for your dog's brain tumor worth it? And I was like, people just don't get it. They just don't. Yeah. And that's the most frustrating thing. And even different levels of pet owners don't get it. And I, I understand it. I always tell people and try to counsel people. Ultimately, I want people to feed themselves and their family first. Um, I want them to make the best decision. But even as a veterinarian, it is so hard to make that decision on what we're going to spend or put our pets through. So I love the intro. I love how you have fantastic quotes in the book and how you have areas where you can put in your pet's photo. I love how you have instructions on how to use this book in journal entries. I personally have found journaling so important through this really hard year of 2020 through COVID. So absolutely love that. So thank you for creating this book. Why was it important for you to create this book? You know, sometimes you just get a nagging feeling. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but sometimes you don't know. You just can't let something go. And it, it, it happens once in a while. And I don't know, inspired action or inspiration, but I definitely suffered. My heart literally felt broken after I lost Griffin. And I kept meeting people. Every time I try to put the book down, I kept meeting people I, who were suffering for, through the loss of their animal. And, um, It just kept reminding me that this is something that people need some help with and need validation for. And I just felt truly that it was was the right thing to do. And it lived in me. And this book was like its own little entity (laughs) that just kind of kept nagging me to to finish it. And I just kept getting confirmation from people, from strangers sometimes that would just start talking to me about losing an animal and how tough that had been. Or, you know, since Griffin has died, I'm an avid rescuer and I have lost other animals. And actually, my mom actually passed away in this last year. And oh, yeah, no. And what's been so interesting was I really felt like, you know, I would written a grief book and I had, you know, my mom loved this book. So I had the feeling of I'm going to walk the walk here and do these healing exercises, even with my mom, who was a human. But, you know, grief is a very personal 
feeling and you do feel so alone in it. And since writing the book, actually, I will say that people have told me that they felt like this book could completely be um, applied to losing a person. And since losing my mom, who was also an animal lover like me, I really, I really realized grief is something, I have a quote in the book that basically talks about mourning is, there's an art to mourning. And once you kind of embrace that, you really grow. I know it sounds corny, but it's, you really do grow. And it's, yeah, so I find that just exploring grief is felt so important for me to to write that out and have people know that they can do that and it actually really enriches you instead of just putting something behind you. You're allowing your feelings to be there and that actually counterintuitively it seems like it you'd think but diving into your grief can actually help make it go away, help make it soften and become something else, if that makes sense. (laughs) It totally makes sense. It does not sound corny at all. And (laughs) I'm going to say your book sounds like the intended audience isn't just for pet owners. It could be for, you know, people who are experiencing grief too. We all are going to experience grief in different ways. And it sounds like there's some fantastic tips. What was your favorite part of this book? You know, oh gosh, it's so hard for me to to know what my favorite part is. I definitely think it's the interacting part because that was just, I don't know if it's the actress in me, but it was, I love connecting with people. And I really tried to focus on having somebody who had just lost somebody sitting beside me. And so when I would write those parts, they just seemed to flow out of me. I tried to make them as authentic. I did not want to be contrived at all. So I just tried to stay honest and that felt really good because I thought, what would I have loved when Griffin died? What would I have wanted to hear? What would I have wanted to explore? And so all the parts that are very interactive or when I'm speaking to the reader almost from my own personal voice, those parts felt really good to me. We'll be right back after these messages. Hi, this is Deborah Lau, president of Carnivore Research International. Did you know that people have used Carnivore for their pets successfully for a wide range of immune challenges for many decades? Here are Carnivore clients sharing their pet's testimonial. My cat had issues that developed in his eye, and six months later, they had to go ahead and scrape the eye. And three months later, the same ulcer came back on in the same eye. So my veterinarian said, you know what, let's go ahead and remove the eye. So that night, I heard the carnivore on advertising. So I said, you know what, I'm going to order this product. That way, at least I tried. They did the procedure. They did all the tests. To their surprise, they said, I don't know what you did, but I'll see you in two months. I, I kid you not. This product saved his eye. Call 866-836-8735. That's 866-836-8735. Or visit carnivore.com. That's C-A-R-N-I-V-O-R-A.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. back to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. So excited to be speaking with film and television actress Reagan Pasternak. You know, it's something that everyone is going to sadly experience at one point in their life, whether or not it's the loss of a two-legged or a four-legged. So love the exercise that you have in here. Do you mind just giving a resource? Where can people purchase your book? Do you have a website uh, with some more information that you could provide? 
Yes. So the book will be out mid-December. We do have a website and it'll be available on Amazon for now. And um, we have a website, griffinsheart.com. And there's a notify me. You click the notify me and I can give more specific details about that or any promo codes or anything like that. And yeah, so that's the plan as of now. Wonderful. Thank you. And so excited uh, to check it out. It sounds like the book will also allow people to have it as a keepsake. So they'll be able to keep their pictures in there, journal in there, just document some of their memories. So important. I will also say thank you so much for donating a portion of the book proceeds to various animal charities. I know you would do, do a lot of work for animal rescue groups. And this is a huge passion of mine. I'm a huge adopter and rescuer. So this actually meant a lot to me. I now, love that. Yeah. <laughs> thank I, you so I, much. Of course. I know your book is important for veterinarians and those who work with animals. And right now, I will say in 2020, a lot of animal rescue, a lot of animal humane societies, a lot of veterinary professionals were all experiencing burnout. And a lot of it is because we've had to move to curbside. We're seeing so many cases of animals coming into the ER. But the awesome thing about COVID is I actually know that a lot of animal rescue groups have had people step up to foster and adopt because everyone's at home. So what are some yeah. important takeaways that your book um, has for veterinary professionals or people who work directly with animals? Well, you know what? That's actually, I mean, I don't have to tell you this, but I've just been learning about how veterinarians are really so affected by the grief and it breaks my heart. There's an organization called Not One More Vet and I, I'm hoping to get involved with that because it just, it's heartbreaking what the things you guys have to see. And I'm so sorry for that. That's just heartbreaking. So there's that aspect. And then and then the other aspect is you guys are, are doctors and you guys are trying to save lives and moving from pet to pet to pet. And that that is that's exhausting, emotionally beyond exhausting. So thank you for your work, truly. But then at the other hand, after you've sent somebody home, you know, after they've had to say goodbye to their animal, what then? Now they're in grief and that's not, you know, part of the job really. So I don't know, maybe, maybe just having, you know, some sort of resource, which is exactly why I kind of created it so that, so that vets can say you are entitled to mourn your animal. You are entitled to find some closure and maybe, maybe my book could be helpful for the aftermath of, of everything that you guys have to do with your clients. Absolutely. In fact, most people aren't aware. I'm not at a typical veterinary clinic. I'm at a veterinary emergency specialty clinic. But mm -hmm. most veterinary clinics have a dedicated room for privacy that's away from the hustle and bustle of the veterinary clinic where people can spend time when they're making that decision to euthanize. And I think your book, Griffin's Heart, Mourning Your Pet with No Apologies, would be a great resource to have in there because everyone's going to mourn very differently. And it's spot on when you say, you should never apologize for mourning your pet because they play such a pivotal role in our family. You know, it's something where oftentimes non-pet owning humans don't get it until they have a pet. So I think it's a fantastic resource and would definitely advocate for veterinarians having it readily available for people. Now, I know for me personally, when I was going through this horrible cancer treatment with my pit bull, when I had to drive him out to Colorado State for radiation therapy, it really made me empathetic as a veterinarian where every single day in the ER, I'm meeting someone for the first time and 
no matter how compassionately you try to say your dog has cancer or your cat has cancer, it rocks your world. And, you know, when I experienced it with my own pit bull, it really put me on the other side of the table where it is so hard to hear those words or to have to deal with the acute nature of hearing bad news. So yeah, so important that we always be empathetic towards our fellow animal lovers, pet owners, family members, friends, colleagues who are going through the grief of losing a pet. Now, do you have any advice for pet owners who wish to find another companion? I get asked that question all the time. When should I get another dog or when should I get another cat? Um, What advice do you have on that? Well, I think it's such a personal choice. It really is. Look, if you saw my house right now, I've got three rescue dogs, two rescue cats, and I would have more, but my husband will will (laughs) run. He will will just not accept that right now. But um, so I'm the person who says, you know, especially once you start seeing the rescue situation, for me, I'm always, if you can save another animal and give them a beautiful life, go for it. But of course, it is such a personal decision. I'm hoping that my book does take you through, you know, closure and relieving any sense of guilt that is lingering for having to put your animal down or for whatever the case may be of how you lost your animal. I had so much guilt with Griffin. I mean, out of control guilt. So hopefully after walking through those feelings, maybe you'll feel more ready. And the truth is the reality is animals live for a shorter time than us. So once we say goodbye, we're going to have to make those decisions. And if you feel ready to get another animal, I'm so would be encouraging that because they just bring you so much joy. And And just like you were saying before about COVID, how the rescues have kind of emptied, a lot of them have emptied because so many people are adopting, which is, you know, if there is a silver lining to all this craziness that's going on, that's one of them, I guess. But, um, you know, that's happening because they bring you joy. They bring you so much happiness and they're just so innocent and vulnerable and loyal that I don't know, how could anybody tell you not to invite another animal into your life? Yeah, it's so hard. It's such a personal decision. I will say that I personally am a one dog household, but a lot of people have three dogs and do fantastic. They have six dogs. They do great. So totally personal. I will say no vet will ever judge you on that, but I needed six months between when I ended up euthanizing my dog before I got another one. And, you know, it's such a hard personal decision. Of course. I heard, yeah, I heard this great quote. I'm going to hack the quote, but you know, when (laughs) we're often asked why dogs and cats live for such a short time period compared to humans, well, part of the quote was, can you imagine the huge hole in our heart if they live longer, if they lived for 50 years, right? So oh it's so gosh. hard because they, you know, oftentimes only live five, 10, 15, 20 years and yeah. it puts such a huge hole in our heart. So it much. Really does. It really uh-huh. does. And maybe, maybe because, you know, you know, most humans are born one, sometimes you have twins or triplets, possibly, but animals have big litters and they need homes. So maybe it's part of the pattern. I don't know. Maybe it's part of the program to um, make sure that they all get homes at some point too. And I don't know. I feel like they're all little angels. They just come into our lives and teach us so much, really. Couldn't agree with you more. Can you tell me just a little bit more? What makes Griffin's Heart different than other grief books? 
Well, for me, when Griffin died, I was desperate to find a resource that was going to help me. I needed something to fix me because I was so, you know, so broken. I felt like everything I was personally, I was reading was very academic or, which is great, but it's when you're in grief, it was just hard to really focus. And it almost felt separate, separate from how I was feeling. It was explaining it in very cerebral terms. And I think Griffin's heart hopefully will feel very personal. And, and I think the interactive part is what makes it different because most books are just a book and you close it and you're done and Griffin's Heart is something that you can hold on to forever and it's almost because of all the space inside for memories the space inside for photos there's a pocket at the back that I've written a note to every reader (laughs) in the pocket in the back and um, it's just a place for other little odds and ends there were things that I just didn't want to throw out after Griffin died just little like cards from people or notes from the vet and I just couldn't bring myself to throw them away. Well, you can stick them in the book and you can hang on to it and remember that you took the time to to celebrate your animal. So I think those are the things that make it different than any other grief book. I'm so excited to check it out. For more information, please go to griffinsheart.com. Again, please make sure to click on the notify me. I know this book is coming out later on this week. It would make an incredible holiday gift for the animal lover in your life. Griffin sounds like an amazing cat. I love Devin Rex's. Um, So I'm so sorry for your loss, but I'm so glad you were able to share your love and your journey in this book, Griffin's Heart. And again, I know it's going to be an amazing resource uh, just for every single pet owner out there. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. Find me at drjustinelee.com, on Facebook at Dr. Justine Lee, or email me your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. Don't forget to go to griffinsheart.com and click on the notify me to get more information about when this fantastic healing journal and keepsake book is going to come out. With that, we want to thank Reagan and Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. We'll see you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Our little dog developed this limp problem. We took him in for surgery last year. We noticed a lump on his chest that was a lymph node that was swelled up. So the doctor checked it out and had it analyzed and everything. And uh, the chemotherapy lasted for six months. He started developing more uh, lymph nodes that were swelled up. So I thought I'd just try carnivoric. We started that and uh, he really responded. The lymph nodes started to go down, swelling dead. Then I took him into the vet to have him checked out, and there was no sign of any disease at all inside in the internal organs at all. Call 866-836-8735. That's 866-836-8735. Or visit carnivore.com. That's C-A-R-N-I-V-O-R-A.com. 866-836-8735.